Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to episode 418. This is part two of the modern movement. Um, let's continue on. Con kitchen stoves of the modern movement. So the modern movement's concept of the kitchen as an integral open plan part of the living area brought about a rapid change in the appearance of kitchen stoves. In the United States, which was advance of Britain, gas stoves had become more streamlined by the end of the 1930s. They had lost their utilitarian look. The, the gray speckled enamel had been replaced by a white finish with chromium trim. And manufacturers had dispensed with the need to raise the oven on legs. Both gas and electric stoves became popular units in the newly fashionable fitted kitchen as it was, and they could be installed in awkward corner spaces to create efficient work areas. The hob cooktop was aligned with laminated countertops to form a continuous work surface. Oven insulation was improved by the addition of interior glass doors and safety in the case of gas stoves by the introduction of pilot lights, automatic timers, often were displayed with the dials on the splashback, were another feature common to both types of stove. The most revolutionary development in stove design was the island unit, a precursor of the customized arrangements in many modern kitchens, where hobs and cooktops and ovens were independent of each other and may have different fuel sources. The island was formed in the middle of larger kitchens, with a brick base and a hood fitted with an external air extractor fan. Staircases of the Modern Movement Staircase design played a major role in the modern movement's opening up of internal space. Even in houses of conventional plan, the hallway would be lightened by a large window. As the transitional phase of design a solid balustrade was made of plywood, possibly. And the same treatment was also given to older staircases to modernize them. More commonly, the modernist balustrade would be of metal, with exaggerated sloped and horizontal elements following the rise of the staircase and giving a streamlined look. Close followers of Le Corbusier could have reinforced concrete stairs with solid balustrades, rising from the main double-height room of the house. Art Deco influences would curve the stair and finish the balustrade off with a rounded newel. Spiral stairs were also used to save space, often to reinforce concrete. Walter Gropius put an external iron spiral stair on his house at Lincoln, Massachusetts. While in England, Oliver Hill's external stair at Landfill Pool, 1938, adds a touch of architectural panache. The same house has a beautiful curving wooden ladder stair leading from the floor above the entrance level to the roof. Many modernist houses had a nautical style ladder for access to an upper sunbathing level. The wooden open tread stair became standard in the 1940s and 1950s and often 
rose from the main room upwards. Built-in furniture in the modern movement. So while modernism exercised an inhibiting influence on many aspects of domestic design, built-in furniture was a positive contribution by far. The aim was to leave living spaces as uncluttered as possible and to revive the neoclassical ideal of a completely coordinated room. The movement coincided with a more flexible attitude to the family as a social unit once more. With it, a desire to simplify life and to minimize household chores. Almost every item of furniture could be included in this category. A modernist house would have buildings, bookshelves, seats, and benches. All could be used as room dividers. Cupboards and bedrooms, bathrooms and kitchens, even toy cupboards in nurseries, cocktail cabinets, and spaces for radios and record players were also featured in some of these houses. Doors were hinged on sliding hardware, built-in beds with similar uh, <laughs> with shelves beneath, just like in a ship's cabin, were also popular for the small bedroom. Fixed seating could be arranged around the hearth. Forms were simple and would have been less finished in white paint or veneer, unless made of solid hardwood. An extension of built-in furniture was the development of ranges of furniture with modular coordination, which could be assembled together. The 1930s attachment to ship-like fitted interiors cooled during the post-war period, but it left a legacy, particularly in kitchens and bathrooms, which became a hot selling point for any home. <clears throat> services in the modern movement. The design of bathrooms and other services developed through the 1920s and 30s without reflecting the debates about acceptable style. A modernist bathroom would scarcely differ from one found in an Art Deco or Neo-Tudor style house. But there was an emphasis on health and hygiene more than ever, and the bathroom assumed greater importance. Le Corbusier integrated the bathroom with the main living space in one of his houses. Bathroom fixtures tended to be enclosed. Baths were boxed in. And in the low-level water closet cistern was often concealed behind paneling. In the United States, particularly, the bathroom was the last word in comfort and luxury. With extreme use of tiling, colored, vitrolite, cladding, and solidly built textures, even by the 30s, there was a preference for showers over baths, whereas in Britain, these were an acquired taste. The bidet was still a rather daring continental European luxury, though. A standard piece of equipment was the heated towel rail, usually made of chrome. There was also a glass tube model with chrome supports. Taps, faucets were influenced by industrial design, and the cross-shaped Capshan top was phased out in favor of other styles. Various methods of central heating were employed. Underfloor electric heating, because it best achieved the aim of invisibility, became very fashionable when it was introduced in the 1950s. Lighting in the Modern Movement The early period of modernism 
concerned itself intermittently with building electric light fixtures. In the evolution from Art Deco, some entertaining geometric center lights were found in modernist interiors. Few ceiling fittings were allowed to interrupt the purity of the room. When they were present, there were usually hemispherical globes mounted against the ceiling or occasionally adjustable pendant lights, and these would be over dining room tables. Wall-mounted lights, either in the form of upturned bowls or globes or stems, were the popular alternative. A wall-mounted articulated light on a chrome stem with a curved cone shape became available for reading or desk work. Architects would often specify their own requirements for designs, such as special ceiling tracks for work areas and concealed lighting, which became very fashionable and more available generally in the post-war period. This was the time that the design of light fixtures became more varied. With a greater use of plastics and much influence from Scandinavia in the profiles of lampshades. By the 1940s, fluorescent tube lighting became common in kitchens and bathrooms. This was favored in the United States because it produced much less heat than ordinary bulbs. By the 1960s, spotlight tracks became more widely available, introducing a great diversity of light sources within a single unit. Metalwork of the Modern Movement For public and industrial buildings, modernism was often seen as a style of metal and glass. On the domestic level, more solid and conventional materials prevailed, but still allowed for interesting metal de detailing. Balconies and handrails tended to be made of tubular iron. Where panels were needed in balconies or gates, the standard way of Filling them, borrowing from continental European examples, was a woven mesh of thick wire, framed in a panel with curved corners. Although this is a rather utilitarian, it is an essential part of the modernist look. Tubular balconies could be bent to form the curves that were the relieving features of modernist houses. The visual weight of spacing the balusters was of functional importance. Sometimes they were rounded section, sometimes thin squared section bars. Iron columns were used as structural supports. They were usually made as thin as possible to create the effect of weightless architecture. They were normally rounded section, but occasionally I section columns were substituted. Although modernist metalwork remained very simple, such detailing as there could be, was very fine. During the period of post-war shortages, prefabricated steel houses were made in Britain. They offered many builders built-in details, including light switches and door frames. And uh, let's finish up with woodwork in the modern movement. Modern architects tended to prefer inorganic materials, as befitting the machine age but wood played an interesting and significant role in the history of the movement. Frank Lloyd Wright notably used wood as it came, straight from the sawmill, enjoying the crudeness and roughness of the finish. In Britain, smooth wood was used for internal details until 
the latter 1930s, when a feeling for organic architecture inspired partially by Wright and partially by Scandinavian architects like Alvar Alto introduced houses made entirely from wood. Mostly, it was used in plain sawn sections with standard widths, without any ornamental treatment. In the post-war period, architects of a younger generation liked the massive quality of wood. In con- contrast to the spindly festival of the Britain style, which had arisen at a time of severely restricted timber imports, they made imaginative use of wood fences and screens, usually of white painted deal, fir, or pine. Wood is fundamental to the American way of building, but many modernists neglected it in order to prove their credentials. Walter Gropus and Marcel Brouwer, coming from Europe, exploited the wood tradition with vertical cladding, pergolas, and external stairs. Still all very simply conceived. Timber frame houses, some demountable or factory made, were widely used to provide for wartime housing needs in the United States. Um, that finishes up with the, with the uh, modern movement. Greg Perry, the historic preservationist, signing off. Thanks, everyone, for listening.